0: Estevanation is a daily journal podcast about the conversations I've always wanted to have. I discuss history, psychology, philosophy, and politics, backed with personal stories and my research. This is Estevanation. This is the second part of the reflection on Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Rule number five, and this is one of the most striking rules that I've read in this book. Do not teach your kids anything that will make you dislike them. I've gone to many social gatherings in my life. The people I know, and so far, especially since 2017 to now, have kids these kids range from 2 years old, they're newborn babies, they're 6 years old, they're 10 years old. But I know what a badly raised kid looks like and I know what a well-raised kid looks like at this point. I've seen many noisy kids and in my family we complain about noisy kids. If we if some if some kid is being annoying and it's clearly on the parent and their parent is not doing anything about it, we're going to get mad. Everyone else is going to get mad. A socially undesirable kid reflects a socially undesirable parent. If you're not doing anything about your kid's behavior or haven't found a way to correct it and just let your kid run wild and be an anarchist, then you're going to have a bigger problem on your hand 15 years from now. A child that is spoiled and doesn't know the the difference between yes and no in certain ways and starts committing crimes and does poorly in all relationships. This is an extreme. This is probably not doesn't happen to most spoiled kids. I was raised as a spoiled kid, but still I had my corrections. I had my butt whoopings from time to time when I was a child. I had times where where my mom put her foot down and gave me just gave me the belt. But I see plenty of people out here who are not doing the same. I don't know what it is, but one one perception by Jordan Peterson is that scared parents in the short run are too afraid of their of kids, you know, of their kids hating them they want that friendship with their kids. You know, they you always want to they always want to be cool with their kids. They don't want that conflict. They don't want that problem. But in the in the short run, that's that's, you know, you get that friendship from your kid, but in the long run, your kid isn't going to do well in life. They're going to do things that are socially undesirable to other people. Maybe even go to jail because you didn't correct them when they needed to be corrected when they were three or six years old. Here's a passage from from Jordan Peterson from the chapter. I'm going to read it aloud. Imagine a toddler repeatedly striking his mother in the face. Why would he do such a thing? It's a stupid question. It's unacceptably naive. The answer is obvious, to dominate his mother, to see if he can get away with it. Violence, after all, is no mystery, it's peace that's the mystery, violence is the default, it's easy, it's peace that is, the, that is difficult, learned, inculcated, earned, people often get basic psychological questions backwards, why do people take drugs, that's not a mystery, it's why don't they take them all the time, that's the mystery, why do people suffer from anxiety, that's not a mystery, How is it that people can ever be calm? There's the mystery. We're breakable and mortal. A million things can go wrong in a million ways. And we should be terrified out of our skulls at every second. But we're not. The same can be said for depression, laziness, and criminality. If I can hurt and overpower you, then I can do exactly what I want, when I want, even when you're around. I can torment you to appease my curiosity. I can take the the attention away from you and dominate you. I can steal your toy. Children hit first because aggression is innate, although more dominant in some individuals than less in others. And second, because aggression facilitates desire. It's foolish to assume that such behavior must be learned. A snake does not have to be taught to strike. It's in the nature of the beast. Two-year-olds, Statistically speaking, are the most violent of people. You and I have seen it before. I've I've seen kids hit their parents. I've seen some kids, some parents respond, and others just let the parents keep doing this. I'm guilty of that. I've I rem- I used to work with kids, and sometimes special needs, mostly special needs kids. But in the time when I, you know, people tell me that I'm very good with kids, but I think they mean it. In- I don't know in a different way. Sometimes kids see me as a bigger kid. And they'll hit me sometimes. And then I'll tell them no. But back then, nowadays I'll tell them no. But thanks to this chapter, I have a better idea of how to deal with kids. But when but back then, when I was starting out, I, I had no idea what to do. I thought the the I guess the way to deal with them was to let them keep on hitting me. Now there's one tip for dealing with a 2-year-old that is very annoying and you know you can't teach rationality to a 2-year-old. You you they're just very stubborn. They'll do what you want them to do or they won't. But you can't teach them to do it the rational way. You can't explain to a 2-year-old why the stars are out in space. You can't You can't explain to a two-year-old why they need to eat this food or they're not going to sleep well tonight. You just can't explain that. So the best way to defeat a two-year-old, according to Peterson, is patience. A patient adult can defeat a two-year-old. Old age and treachery can always overcome youth and skill, as an old saying goes. Peterson tells a story of when he had to feed his son the food so that he could sleep well at night because if he doesn't sleep well at night he's going to cry he's going to wake up and cry because he's hungry and everyone is going to suffer because of it but the 2-year-old refuses to eat he so peterson pokes the 2-year-old in the chest to try to get the food in there but it's not painful but it's also annoying enough to be noticeable, and the two-year-old refuses to open its its mouth. And then finally, he just Peterson just keeps poking and poking and poking, until the two-year-old is ready to cry in annoyance. And just as the two-year-old opens his mouth, Peterson puts the spoon in in its mouth, and and then he covers its mouth with his finger so that it doesn't spit the offending food out. Some of the food was swallowed and some of it was still spat out, but it was a victory for Peterson. The kid got the food that he needed and everyone lived a better life after that. That's just one example of patience, of you know, a patient adult overcoming a two-year-old. You have to get your children to do what they need to do. They won't understand it in the long run I mean, they won't understand it now, but they will thank you later. They will thank you later for being harsh on them when they were young. Because if you are not harsh on them when they are young, the world will be much harsher on them, will punish them greater, and it will be relentless in its punishment. And the only one who to blame at the end of the day will be you, the parent. It's also This is also something about teachers. A lot of parents are trying to leave it up to the teachers to teach their kids for them. Teach them, you know, teachers are there for certain purposes, you know, for mathematics, for reading, for other things. But teachers can't attend to 20 students at once for eight hours. That's impossible. It's also the parents' responsibility on the other side of the world, which is at home to, to teach their children the proper behavior so that they can be more socially adept when they go to school and handle the real world, the the environment of other kids on their own. A parent can't step in and save his child forever. And neither can a teacher. So there's some points that Jordan Peterson makes at the end of this chapter to get that we can take away. Some disciplinary principles, he calls. Number one. Limit the rules. If you don't need to put a lot of rules on your child, then don't put a lot of rules. If your child can follow and be a socially adept and only two rules, only use those two rules. Number two, use minimum necessary force. This is where it gets controversial. It's okay to hit your child. Sometimes you need that some children need to be hit. And I'm not talking about a extreme violence where there's punching and then there's bruises and there's blood and there's there's teeth knocked out no 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 but there there has to be a correction placed on your child in order so that it can the child can understand if not it will never understand you know use the but use it at a minimum if you don't need to you know if um, if a boink to the head is enough for a child, you know, that's a little painful, but not significantly painful. If that's enough, then do that. Because, and now here's a third one, a very important one. And this is one that, I, you know, I'm trying to follow all this, but I especially want to follow this. Parents should come in pairs. Raise And I'm going to read from Jordan Peterson's description. Raising young children is demanding and exhausting. Because of this, it's easy for a parent to make a mistake. Insomnia, hunger, the aftermath of an argument, a hangover, a bad day at work. Any of these things singly can make a person unreasonable. While in combination, they can produce someone dangerous. Everyone's had this happen to them. You've had your parents yell at you randomly or just be in a bad mood. You know, you, you ask you ask your mother for something and she replies, what? and And then you say, oh, never mind. I'll ask you later until you're in a better mood. And this happens in all families. Sometimes we, sometimes parents get irritated. It's, you know, parents are human after all. You grow up to realize that. But if it's a single parent household, you know, where there's only a father or there's only a mother and they there can't be cooperation and teamwork in raising a child, it's going to be a lot difficult for the single parent to raise this child and a lot more difficult for this child to even, you know, they're going to look at other families and with two parents and wonder why isn't my family like that? Why don't I have a mother? Why don't I have a father? What, what, what's going on? Why, why, isn't, why doesn't mom like me? Why doesn't dad like me? Why did they leave me? They're going to be asking such questions at a young age. And it also pulls suffering on the father or the mother. Now there's a fourth principle. And it's more Psychological. It reads in Peterson's Peterson's passage. Parents should understand their own capacity to be harsh, vengeful, arrogant, resentful, angry, and deceitful. Very few people set out consciously to do a terrible job as father or mother. But bad parenting, unfortunately, it happens all the time. A lot of parents want to be great parents but they do, they don't know how to. They didn't do the proper studying. They didn't ask the questions. You know, they didn't take the advice from people who are actually experienced parents. No parent is perfect. I there's no such thing as perfect parenting and there never will be. But you really before you consider being a parent, and before I consider being a parent, I have to think about how you know, what makes me angry, what things about my spouse even makes me angry. And, you know, I have to form a clear line of communication with them always, always, and be responsible, you know, financially responsible. Watch my own behavior because my child will be watching me and my, and children are the best detectors of hypocrisy. If anyone is great at watching out for hypocrisy of parents, it's children they see us all the time. They're very smart. They notice every little detail of their life, especially when they're younger, because time passes a lot slower for them than it does for us. So when we make a mistake and we don't know about it, they'll know about it. And we must watch out for that. We must let them know of our mistakes. You know, children can know that it's okay to inform your child at the end of the day when they're at a certain age that you're not a perfect parent you make mistakes. And admitting your mistakes to your own children, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, it's actually, it, gives, it gets them to trust you a little more and gets them a little closer to you and then they can talk to you about their mistakes. And now for the fifth and final and most general principle. Parents have a duty to act as proxies for the real world. Merciful proxies, caring proxies, but proxies Nonetheless, that's from Jordan Peterson. We have a responsibility to show our children how what the real world is like. We can just, you know, if you believe in God, you believe God to be a fair, caring being up up there that watches over you and has a plan for you. Children think the thing, and that's, that's in the Abrahamic thought. Children think the, thing, the same thing about us when we're parents. We're the closest thing to God that we have for children because we're the role models. We're the creatures, the adults that they have to learn from at the end of the day. They can't learn from their friends because friends have limited authority over, over them. But every child can have two parents and a a great parent can, can do better than any best friend that a child could have. Great, great parents will do, will, because they are making the greatest investment in their child, they're dedicating the most time to them. Best friends don't do that. And parents will be, will be 100% caring for their child. When they're un- and they they introduce the concept of unconditional love. If the parents are working in this case. I know there are some parents that. Are terrible parents. And neglect their children altogether. I hope no one is born into a situation like that. But it happens all the time. But for those people who, who go through that. And still come out incredible people. My respect to you. But for the parents that are thinking of having a child or have a child right now when you you are you are to show them the real world because when your child grows up and finally you know they you did all the right things and they they learned the skills they they learned the things you you taught them well they're going to make friends anywhere they go they're going to be look they're going to be admired by their peers They're going to be loved by their teachers. They're going to be just incredible. Anywhere they go, they're going to light up rooms. Your friends are going to teach your children some things without you asking them and giving them pieces of advice that they'll value for a long time. And your friendship and their friendship, their friendship with you will be a lot better as well. Your friends. And I hope that all these skills that, that I learned from this, I can apply to my children. I don't have children yet. And if I don't apply them, well, repudiate me, repudiate me harshly for not internalizing them. This is a Nation.